Welcome to Grace Community Church On Demand, the weekly podcast from the Sunday services at Grace Community Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, we believe in building the kingdom of God one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, loving people, and following Jesus. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Travis Amen. Turner. Let's give the Lord one more hand clap. And um, you may be seated the third time today. You may be seated the third time today. We've been in a book study on the book of James, and I'm super excited about this book. Um, it is uh, it, the title of the message is Living the Intentional Life. And um, and we're going to hear about the intentional life all through 2021. Um, it's kind of our theme for the year. And um, and God wants you to be intentional about things that uh, that maybe we haven't been intentional about. And and I really feel like this is, you know, God speaking to the whole body of of a person, both spirit soul and body like some of you are spiritual warriors and giants but your physical body is is not where it needs to be i'm telling you moving into um 20 at the end of 2020 uh, i'm just going to be honest with you there was a period of time where like my my full focus was buy guns and buy lots of ammo and while i still believe in having guns and lots of ammo um, you know what I mean? I, 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 uh, I'm, I'm going to do a podcast. We've got a new podcast series that we're going to be putting together. This is going to be one of the topics, you know, guns and God, you know, how do the two, you know, I think that'll be, I think that'll be fun. But along with that, like the Lord has really challenged me also to get into better physical shape and not, not just, um, um, not just, uh, you know what I mean to necessarily look good. However, I feel like a champion. I feel I, I feel I'm I'm more apt to be everything that God's called me to be because I just feel better about myself. But also like endurance, like I'm hitting a treadmill, running three miles a day, several days of the week, just because I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. You know what I mean? And um, and while I think that this is a season of making ready, the last thing that I want to do is be out of shape, not being able to walk a flight of stairs in the event that God is calling us to, you know, to care for one another. I want to be one of the strong ones instead of one of the weak ones. Right. I'm still at an age where I can still be strong in the event that I need to be strong. And so. So anyway, spiritually, even more important, more important than physically is for us to be physically or spiritually strong, emotionally. I mean, all of these things uh, the Lord is saying get in order. And so James is one of those books that kind of slaps you in the face when you when you read it. And I honestly believe that one of the reason it slaps you in the face is simply because um, James was the half brother of, of Jesus. He was raised in the same home that Jesus was, but he did not believe Jesus to be the Messiah. And so he denied that Jesus was, you know, who he was until until Jesus died on a cross. And then and then, you know, God revealed to James that, hey, listen, he was and he has been all along. And so when you read the book of James, what I see 
is an urgency. And, and I don't know this to be true, but in my feelings and my thoughts, I'm like, well, that makes sense. There's an urgency because James missed out on so much of Jesus's, you know, his time with him. He missed out on 33 years plus of, of, of things that he could have learned. He was, he, I mean, he could have, instead of fighting with him, he could have been sitting at Jesus's feet and learning from him. And so, so now there's this urgency because so much time has been wasted. And so James cuts right to the chase, man. He just, he really, he nails you. And this is why people don't like reading the book of James because it's hard. But he's not being hard to be hard. He's just saying, listen, the time was urgent and it's urgent today. And so so let's not mess around. Come on, let's 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 get ready. And so I'm really loving this personal study with the book of James. And I hope you are doing the same. So one of the themes that James always hits on is the theme of unity. Like it goes throughout the whole the whole book of, of, of James, unity, unity in community. He's talking about the church, come on, getting along and, and being unified and, and sharing life together and, and doing it right and well, not just being collectively together physically, but also being together um, uh, spiritually. You know, sometimes people in the day that we live in, like you can be upset with one another, but you can put a smile on your face and you can just say, oh, brother, you know what? No, 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 really, everything is just fine. But but you're being, uh, is, uh, anybody know of anybody that's ever been passive aggressive? You know what I'm saying? They're, they're, they're not going to tell you that something's wrong, but something's just a little bit off. Like they, you, they you'll know it, but they just, and then, the, then you'll approach them and you'll be like, what? No, that's the craziest thing. And then they continue being passive aggressive. And so unity, like even though we can be together, collectively together, we can be separate internally because of hurts and offenses and different things like that. And James is saying, listen, it's time to unite. It's time to come together. I want to identify some enemies of unity and some of the enemies of, of, of sharing life together, right? And, uh, and there are enemies. You better believe that everything that God has for you that is good, the enemy has a distraction come on to, to steal from you in that area. One of the enemies of unity is gossip. Gossip. And you know what? There's a whole bunch of gossip that unfortunately happens in every church or most churches. Gossip is this. Whenever you feel comfortable enough to gather up with somebody and talk about somebody else. And some of you have allowed yourself to get in position of gossip with somebody else. And then all of a sudden, and this is the Lord checking you. I want you to know it. All of a sudden, that person that you're talking about enters in the room. And then all of a sudden, you're just like, oh, oh, we need to change the, you know what I mean? Change the subject and, and whatnot. And at that very moment, that you cannot say what you've been saying in front of that person. Just know that you have fallen to gossip. You have fallen to it. And gossip is a sin. And gossip is an enemy to unity. You know what else is an enemy to unity? Pride. Pride is an enemy to unity. I got a phone call just the other day. And um, and I, I shot a video going down the road and one of our fine police officers in uh, in our area called me out. Praise the Lord personally, not publicly, but they called me out personally 
and just and 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 this guy's a marine too and so i appreciate you know what i mean i don't like the dancing around just you got something let's talk about it you know even if i don't want to hear it it's fine just you know i'm big a big kid i can handle it i might be upset for a little bit but i'll be fine and so anyway he 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 said what the junk travis he didn't say it like that he said something else but <laughs> but he said basically what the junk travis do, did I see you shooting a video going down the road? And uh, and I said, yeah, you did. And and in the Marine Corps, there's a there's a statement that you use when you're being corrected by another Marine, and that statement is, I stand corrected. Like immediately, like the first thing, the flesh is like, who? Don't tell me what I can and can't do. <laughs> but immediately, humility came over my life and I just said you know what brother I stand corrected and I appreciate you I appreciate you reaching out and he just said listen you know I've seen some things and and um, and you're an influencer in our community and I said you're right you are absolutely 100% right and and I immediately went out and I deleted the post and and I told him thank you once again and I'm just telling you this that in the correction that I received from him, not, not an easy job for him to do either, but in the correction, I humbly um, uh, I identified where I was wrong and, and, and I corrected it. And the reason why I'm sharing it in front of you is because I still have humility. And, and, and listen, how in the world am I ever going to be able to bring correction to somebody else if I can't receive it myself? And, and so humility, like pride is is the very thing. Like if I was prideful, like super prideful, then what would happen is, is when I would see him, I would ignore him. When I would see him, I would go the other direction. When I would see him, maybe I would just kind of look at him and he's not over there. I'm just if he was, over there. you know, you, you know what I'm saying? But pride will affect unity because if we are not humble come on, and, and are able, come on, to receive from one another, then, then we, we can't walk together. Because at the very moment that you offend me or I offend you, we don't have anything, we don't have anything to go from from there. And so I think it's oftentimes that we're looking for the big giants to slay in Christianity. You know what I mean? We're looking for the big things. But yet when we're searching for the big things, we overlook the little things, and I'm just telling you, it's the little things that destroy. Come on, it's the little tiny comments where you're disrespectful, you know, with one another. It's the, it's the, it's the gestures that, that you know, come on, how to push somebody's buttons. And, and come on, it's not big. In fact, it's on them. They just need to grow up a little bit and quit being so sensitive and and, and those kinds of things. But I'm just telling you that it's the little things that we have to be aware of and not the big giants just to slay. We need to deal with the little things because the Bible said it's the small fox, come on, that spoil the vine. Amen? It's the little things that make the biggest damage. And so I want you to know that there's an all-out assault on our togetherness. And I'll also tell you that that isolation is not good for anybody. Who do you think is behind all of this isolation? 
Now listen, I'm not saying that COVID-19 isn't serious. Some of you have lost loved ones in and through COVID-19, this, this pandemic. But I also know this, that suicide is, 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 is rampant and depression and anxiety is, is going out of the, out of the roof. And so, so I, I, I do believe that we, while we need to be careful, come on, for somebody to be alone for long periods of time is not good. Come on, God came for us to be together. And if we get used to living separate, then I have to believe that that's a power play from the enemy. Come on, to, to, to separate. Listen, what, is a, what does a lion do? He looks for the, the weak link. He looks for the one that is separate in the, in the herd. And that's the one that, that, that gets killed. He looks for the, the baby, the newborn, that the mom has is, is been separated from and cannot protect. And I'm just saying that, that, that some of these, these other issues come on from isolation are just as dangerous, if not more dangerous, than somebody getting the coronavirus. And once again, guys, please don't say, you know, Pastor Travis thinks this is all baloney, because I don't. I really believe that, that we need to be careful because people are getting sick and they're, and they're, and they're dying because of it. It's happening in our own community. And so, but what's the way? What's the right way, come on, for us to stay together, but yet consider, you know what I mean, one another? And, I, and, and I'm not, I'm not, there's no political statement in that. Please, I have no, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not fishing an angle here. Come on, I'm telling you this morning that the enemy hates unity. Why does the enemy hate unity? Because he's experienced it. The enemy knows it. The enemy, come on, was in heaven as, as like, a, like a worship leader. Satan was a worship leader. He experienced, come on, all the angels gathering around the throne saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. But because of pride in his heart, come on, and his inability to deal with pride and repent of his pride, he was cast out of heaven. See, he's experienced what we look forward to experiencing he has lived what we look forward to living but he lost it and the last thing that he wants is for you come on to experience the power of God and the power of unity come on because he wouldn't deal with it Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 4 it says this you were called you were all called somebody say all so this is written to the church this is written to you. Come on, this is the living word. It's applicable to your life right now. You were all called to travel on the same road and in the same direction. So stay together both outwardly and inwardly. Like once again, it addresses it right there. We can be together outwardly. We're collectively in the same room, but you can be completely separate inwardly. Like you can withdraw from certain people because they didn't smile at you or they didn't say something to you or, or, or you just, you know what I mean? But this is the problem, church. We live in a day and a time where we believe God's word, come on, to be the authority of God, but we don't live it and we don't walk it out. It, it will be no power to you if I upset you and the next thing you do is you just leave without even telling me that I upset you. Come on, tell me. You know what? You really hurt my feelings, Pastor. You, you went into that circle and you shook everybody's hand, but you didn't shake my hand. 
I can promise you that it wasn't intentional. It just happened. And I can also promise you that if I've done that, I will tell you I'm sorry. And I'm, I'm just, I need to pay closer attention. Please forgive me. But it's your responsibility if you're offended to go to that person that has offended you and work it out so that you can walk together in unity. Your unity is of the faith. Amen. All right. So it goes on to say both outwardly and inwardly, you've got one master, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all who rules over all, works through all. And is present in all. Everything that you are and think and do is permeated with oneness. Oneness and unity is God's plan. But listen, this can be hard. And this is where the rubber meets the road. Why can it be hard? Because some of you have been raised in a way that is completely contradictory to to God's word. You've been raised thinking that it's okay to say derogatory things about certain people groups. And I'm not necessarily just talking about people that have a different uh, pigment to their skin. I'm not talking about just people that may have worked in the fields. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about people, like there is so much discrimination uh, in, in, in our world today, and it has become a black, white, brown, red thing but honestly, the truth is, is we are judging people all the time. And I do it just as much as you do it. We're judging people. This is why one of the first questions that we talk about uh, when two men get together within the first five minutes, brother, I'm going to ask you, what do you do for a living? And at the same time that I'm asking you what, I'm, what you do for a living, typically men are judging themselves, and it's usually because of inadequacies or insecurities in themselves. They're seeing how they rate amongst the people that are in that conversation. You know, there are people, come on, that don't have their stuff together. They continue to make stupid decisions over stupid decisions over stupid decisions, and we stand in a position of judgment over them. And oh, by the way, it slips into a place of talking about them. And at the very moment that you begin to talk about them, you are already saying to yourself that I'm better than that person. When you gossip about somebody, you cast your opinion. You're saying, listen, God loves me better than he loves anybody else. Come on, that person is not far along as far along as I. And so we put these different value systems on people, where they come from, what their education. Oh, you've never been to college? Well, I could tell because you say words that are not supposed to be put together. Oh, I, I, I corrected one of your papers. I can tell that you've probably got an eighth grade education whenever it comes to, you know, whatever. You understand what I'm saying? And so 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 we look down upon we're judging people all the time. And I will say this, and I'm giving you guys a whole lot more than I gave first service for some reason. But I will say this, that while these are real issues in play in our world today, and guess what? It was the same issues that they dealt with. This is why I'm speaking this message to you today, because all the way back in James, he's addressing it. 
while there are problems and issues that the church needs to get better at and people need to get better, I will also tell you that I fully believe that there's an all-out assault by the devil himself to destroy and divide and separate. Like, we have taken... 10, 20 years backwards, like, like I honestly believe that our, our unity was stronger, you know, 10 years ago than what it is today. I think everybody's so sensitive, and if anything can be labeled race, or anything can be labeled discrimination, or anything can be labeled this, that, or the other, we're going to put a label on it because that means that we can possibly get something, come on, that we didn't earn. Everybody today, or many people today, were looking for a free handout instead of, come on, like our grandparents and their parents and their parents. It doesn't matter what nationality. I'm telling you, these folks had some resolve. They had some get up and pull up and and it doesn't matter what's thrown my way. And yes, I'm going to be mistreated by this person or that person. But their approach was, I'm not going to allow that to limit. Come on, what happens in my life? Not because we live in the greatest nation on the planet, but because of the God that we serve. You know what? I love the United States of America, but the God that I serve is able to elevate me more than the opportunities are presented to me. And so we've got this, we've got this less than victimized mentality that is honestly just being pumped into people in this nation and we're just becoming weaker and weaker and weaker and we're becoming more separate and more separate we're becoming more divided come on we don't trust anybody i don't know about you but i cannot turn on my news without trusting anything i don't trust anything i hear anymore but guess what i do trust the word of the lord and this word is relevant for us today it's relevant for us today. And if there's racism and if there's favoritism and if there's discrimination, like you've been raised up underneath this and you battle it, you battle when you're in the in certain people groups, like you battle saying things that you wouldn't say if other people were there, then knock it off and praise, pray that the Lord begins to change you, come on, from the inside out. Because listen, just because grandpa did it, just because grandma did it, just because mom and dad did it, doesn't mean that it's right. And all of us have to come to a place of saying, you know what? I'm going to elevate God's word above the shortcomings of my parents. I'm not beating up on my parents. I'm not telling you to beat up on your parents. Maybe they did the very best, come on, with what it is that they have. But that still doesn't give you and I a right Come on, to live differently or contrary to what God's word says that we should live. Right? We've got to elevate God's word. So it's the like, listen, man, I have massive regrets on how I raise my kids. Though at the same time, I would say I feel like I did a better job. And this is not taking away anything from my mom and dad. I was raised so well. But I feel like I even did a better job than, than, than the way that I was raised. And it's not, a, it's not this or that, but it was just simply because the, the word of God for the majority of my kids' life was active and a part of, of who we were trying to become. But guess what? Even with that, man, if I could go back, 
there's a million and one things that I would do differently. I, I, I failed in so many different ways. And so I know that my kids even today, when they open God's word and they begin to read God's word, there's going to be major things that they're like, wow, dad really didn't line up to what what this says. And he kind of came up short. And guess what? That's okay. As long as it challenges them that when they have children, come on, when they're raising their kids, that they can do so in a way that will even be better because of what they see in God's word. See, we don't we don't run away from God's word into our traditions. We leave our traditions and grab hold of God's word. Amen. When there's a contradiction, we need to l- raise the level of God's word in our life like it's the authority. And once again, this isn't to make anybody feel bad about your upbringing or or let's just get all, let's just get all ticked off at our parents for a second, right? That's not what this is about. I love my parents, and I'm so appreciative of the job that they did in, in raising me. So some of you have been raised a certain way. Some of you have seen discrimination. You've set up walls even in your own life because of hurts and pains that have happened in your family. But let me just remind you, while you deal with some of these hard things and you're, you're struggling with them, there are people in this very room that have dealt with the same type of things, maybe not identically, but even sometimes harder things than what you've dealt with, but they've surrendered it to the Lord, and they're walking in freedom from it right now. So just because hardship has happened does not also give us the right to just be be wounded for the rest of our life, right? The Holy Spirit, the one that is able to set free and to heal you, come on, is present right now. And there are people online that have gone through some serious hardships, but God has brought them through it. And so I'm just telling you, while it's not easy, come on, you need to start believing for and fighting for greater things because greater things is exactly what what God has for you. I'm going to show you a video by Torn Wells here. And, and, And this, I want you to listen to these words. He can do all things and God has never lost a battle. And I promise you, he will not lose the battle that you find yourself in if you will just but trust him and seek him. Bring the lights down, please. I'm telling you, church, one of the greatest things that you can learn to do this year, and, and um, uh, for some, it's going to be so much, it's going to be so outside of who you ever saw yourself being, but coming into a place of liberty and freedom where you can honestly just praise God with your whole spirit, soul, and body. You know what I'm saying? My prayer is, and, and honestly, there's some intention behind showing this video amongst many videos, is that we sometimes learn things through seeing things. And while just the act of jumping up and down is going to do nothing for you, when you pair jumping up and down and engaging your body and lifting your arms with the heart of worship and praise and appreciation, it does everything. It absolutely does everything. Amen. It does everything. And so, so I'm challenging you as we, as we move forward. Let's be people of praise. Amen. I'm not asking you to manufacture something but I am asking you to push the limits. Listen now, uh, 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 sometimes when you get out of your house and you go to the store or you go to work, 
we are such people of routine. We'll go out and we take a right and we go down a couple blocks, we take a left and then we go down two miles, we take another right and then we're there. I'm asking you, instead of going out and taking a right, completely blow everything away and go in opposite direction, even if it takes you 10 minutes longer. Do some things differently in 2021 than you've done, you know, for the past maybe year, five years, 10 years, 20 years. All right. So the title of my message is this. You're like, man, we're going, <laughs> we're going to be here for a minute. <laughs> I got to my title. Are you ready? My title is this. He has no favorites. Neither should you. God has no favorites. Neither should you. The Bible says in Romans chapter 2 and verse 11, for God does not show favoritism. Like, listen, this can be very difficult to receive because if you're like me, I believe that I'm his favorite. And the reason why I believe I'm his favorite, and I really do believe like there's something special about me, is because there's no way I would put up with the stuff that I have come through like God has put up with me. And so I, it makes me feel like I'm special. But the truth is, is I'm not special. And he has no favorites, period. Like he loves you just as much as he loves anybody else on the planet. The Bible says it right there. God does not show favoritism. Come on, he doesn't have them. And some of you, this can be difficult because you come from a family of favoritism. Like you, you know, maybe you weren't the favorite kid. Maybe, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe your family was like this. It's like, it's like you got five kids and four of them were excellent academically. But then you've got the one that's more creative and academics didn't come, come on, as easy to, to that person. And so what we do, because the world celebrates good grades and they equate good grades with being a good job and, and those types of things, we overlook the creativity. Like the one kid that doesn't do great in school, he has a thousand times the creativity of all of the other, all of the other kids combined, but because it doesn't fit in society as well, sometimes we, over, we overlook you know, those giftings and those blessings. And, and I'm just saying that we need, to, we, need to, we need to see that God, come on, is at work in that one, maybe even more so or just as much as he is in the other. James chapter 2 and verse 1 says this, Brothers and sisters, believers in Christ must not show favoritism. Suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes. Um, and a poor man comes in with filthy old clothes. He comes in at the same time. If you show special attention to the man wearing the clothes and say, here's a good seat for you. But you say to the poor man, listen, you can sit on the floor by my feet or you go stand over there. Have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? And I'm telling you this, that favoritism, it creates blind spots and blind spots create accidents and accidents kill people. I, I was just coming back from twin the other day and, and, um, and I had my cruise control set. I thought it was an 80, but I looked down and it was like 84. So don't judge me. Um, 
but I had my cruise control set and, and, you know, it was just enough. Like it was just maybe the car that I was, that I've been trailing, maybe he was going like 82. And so it takes a long time to get up around somebody when you're only going a fraction, you know, a little bit over the speed limit than them. And, and so anyway, I'm going up and I'm there and I'm, I know I'm in his blind, I'm a motorcycle guy. So I'm, I'm a defensive driver all the time. Um, so I know I'm in this guy's blind spot, and we're both approaching a, a big semi truck. And I'm thinking, huh, I, I don't think this guy sees me, and he's probably going to just come right over into my lane. If he blinks at all, it'll probably just be a click blink, but I'm ready. I got my you know, foot. It's on cruise control. I got my foot close to the brake. And sure enough, man, he comes just right over, and I just backed off, and no harm, no foul. He was like, ah. I was like, ah, don't worry about it. Um, you know, one of those things. But, but blind spots in life are super dangerous, and, and every single one of us can have have blind spots. For instance, we have a natural bend to gravitate to certain people that are just like you, right? So if somebody, I use this in the first service, if somebody comes into the church and they got a flat, you know, build cap, like Anthony might be like, man, these are my people. They have to be a Raiders fan. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they have to be, they have to be a Raiders fan. And so he's going to bypass, you know, so many people just to get to his people and say, you Raiders fan? All right, we should get together and things like that. Just totally kicking everybody else out of the way. You know what I'm saying? Or maybe you're a, a business guy or a businesswoman, and then all of a sudden somebody pulls up in a really nice vehicle, and you're just like, wow. You, you pass in the lobby all the common folk just so you can be the greeter at the door that as this new person comes into the church that, that you're the one that's, you know, that's, that's greeting them. I'm telling you what, that favoritism, discrimination, whatever you want to call it, favoritism, it changes our behavior. And once again... We filter things through our upbringing, our surrounding, our education, the culture in which we were, we were raised. And I'm just saying this, that it is, it is a sin, come on, to treat one better than the other. You know, the Bible didn't say, listen, if a rich man comes into, you know, into you know, your, your gathering and you create for him the best seat in the house... Um, and it would not have been a sin if they would have treated the poor man the very same way. Hey, rich guy, scoot over a little bit. There's somebody else we need to give a fine seat to in the house. Like there would be no, there would be no sin in that. If you're going to treat everybody as a first time guest and we're going to give you the finest, but that's not what they did. They gave the best to the rich guy that they valued and, and thought to my, see, a lot of times we, we favor people because of what we think we can get from them. And so our, our motivations are broken from the beginning. We're using people. We, we, you know what I mean? We're, we're, we, I'm just saying we've got to, we all deal with this at some level, and we all have to take responsibility. Like, listen, so many people are pointing the finger, uh, this person mistreated, this person, this is an injustice, this is an injustice. When the truth is, is every single person on this planet should be like, what is my injustice? Where am I coming up short? Instead of me pointing out your issues, and I'm not saying that there's not room and place for that, but listen, let's honestly start right here, because I promise you, you've got stuff. 15 years ago, I hadn't been in ministry for very long. I was pastoring a, over at Valley Church, and I was a youth pastor, probably had about 60 kids. 
And I started going to these conferences. Went to a big conference in Dallas-Fort Worth at Covenant Church. And, um, and at these conferences, not only do you go to the, you know, to the sessions, but at the end of the night, they have these incredible meals, like five-star meals for, for pastors. What they're doing is they're just honoring the work and the service. And so here's little old Travis, hadn't been, don't know nothing about nothing, doing my best just to serve a, a few kids. And I get sat at the same table of, of Pastor Mike Hayes. If anybody has you know, would be considered a modern-day apostle, it would be, in my book, it would be Mike Hayes. He pastors a church of 15,000 people. The numbers doesn't matter anything. But the thing is, is when you talk to this man, you just, you're just like, uh, you're just, you are dialed in and tuned in. And anybody that knows him knows exactly what I'm talking about. But I get sat at this table, and then all of a sudden, I, I'm, I'm starting to I'm starting to exaggerate the ministry that I am over. I'm, I'm pre-calculating my words so that, they can, so that they can make me seem like I fit more better. More better. <laughs> See, that's the kind of, that's what you got. That's what you've got here. You, so it, it, that's what you got. That's it. More better. So you can imagine what a train wreck this is. You know what I'm saying? They're asking me questions about our local government. And I'm just like, I don't need, they know more about my local government than I did. Embarrassing. But I ended up leaving this conversation with these, these men that just were just loving on me, honestly. They were just loving on me. And I became somebody completely and totally different than who, than who I am. So if you're pointing the finger at somebody else, then I'm telling you, you got stuff in your own life, man. If you treat your boss differently just because he's your boss, you got some stuff to uncover. You got some stuff to deal with, right? If, you, if you're in sales and, and, and you treat the guy that you know that has you know, millions of dollars and, and is buying, you treat him differently than the tire kicker that's coming in, then you've got some stuff, come on, to deal with. I'm just telling this favoritism, there is no place for it in the kingdom of God, and it is a sin. It is absolutely a sin. And we all have something, you know, to to deal with it. Jesus never had favorites. Come on, he was always erased in the lines. He ate with sinners. He hung out with tax collectors. He even hung out with prostitutes. How often were people like, man, doesn't he even know who she is? You know what I mean? He, he chilled out with the woman at the well that was at the well at a certain time of the day because she was tired of getting ridiculed and, and probably spit upon because her occupation is the oldest occupation since the beginning of time, but it wasn't really conducive, come on, to hanging out with other women at the same time of the day gathering water. She went in the heat of the day because... because of, of her occupation. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'll share it with you later. <laughs> Jesus had no favorites. And the reason he didn't have any favorites is what qualifies him to come to you. Because if he had favorites, you probably may not potentially, I know I wouldn't be counted amongst them.
And that's what qualifies me, come on, to feel like I am his number one. So we need to stop seeing with eyes that cause trouble and see with God's eyes. First Samuel chapter 16 and verse 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. He's talking about Eliab or I don't even know how you say it. Dr. Dave, how do you say it? Eliab, Eliab, E-L-I-A-B. You pronounce it however you want to. This was this was Jesse's one of Jesse's sons. He was going to anoint one of Jesse's sons, come on, as the next king. And then all of the sudden, you know what I mean? He sees this man, E-L-I-A-B. Yeah, Eliab, there you go. Who said that? Nice work. (laughs) Eliab. And he sees him and he's like good looking, stunning, handsome, big, tall. This must be the king. And this is the word of the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things that people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart, right? Quit looking at people on how, you know what I mean, they look, because oftentimes the motivation might be what you can get from them. It may be something else. Number two, I'm speeding up. I'm only 11 minutes and 36 seconds over. The, the, the way that we see affects what we say. Once again, if you see somebody speaking down against somebody else, then what that person is honestly doing is they are saying that I am more valuable than that other person. And I'm just saying this, that that has no place in the body of Christ. Um, I'm going to skip that. Uh, yep, going to skip that too. Number three, we're closing. Number three is this. So, so what should we do? Matthew, if you can come on up here. What should we do? Um, you guys just come right up here. We don't have time for you to walk all the way around. We got, I, I've spent your time in walking all the way around this, this day. So, so, um, so what should we do? James chapter 2 and verse 8, it says this, that if you keep the royal law found in Scripture to love your enemy as yourself or love your neighbor as yourself, I'm sorry, then you are doing right. But if you show favoritism, you sin and are lawbreakers. Go down to James chapter 2 and verse 12. It says this, Speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that that gives freedom. Because judgment without mercy will be shown to anybody who is not merciful. Like, listen, this is so big to me. I want to be merciful to everybody. I want to give grace to everybody. I want to give mercy to everybody. Do you know why? Because I know for a fact That when I stand before the Lord, I'm going to stand perfect before him because of his blood that covers my multitude of sins. But honestly, I will have to give an account for my shortcomings. And just trust me, your pastor has many shortcomings, just like I know you have many shortcomings as well. And so, like, I want all the mercy and all the grace that I can that I can have standing before the Lord, giving an account for my life because I know I'm going to need it. But the only way that I'm going to receive mercy is if I'm merciful, come on to other people. And if I'm not merciful, there's something really broken and messed up inside of me that needs to be repented of and it needs to be forgiven and, and there needs to be healing that takes place. Once again, it says, because judgment without mercy will be shown 
to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. So how do we destroy discrimination? We, number one, we love our neighbor as ourselves. How do we destroy, uh, destroy discrimination? We work against gathering with people that are just like us. And, and this has got to be intentional. You're going to be drawn to people that are just like you, and you've got to work against that. How do we destroy discrimination? We do things differently than we did them yesterday. Come on, we take a long way home. We look at the neighborhoods. We look at we look how other people come on our living. Come on, we allow God's word to show our heart. We talked about this last week, how the word of the Lord is like a mirror that, that you will be able to look at and God will show you where things are out of place. Oh, you got that hair out of place or you need to pluck that ear hair or, or just whatever. But but God's word will bring about areas that you need to repent of and ask God's for forgiveness for and then pursue unity. Come on, how do we do it? We humble ourselves and we deal with pride that separates us. Like some of you, I know for a fact that there are people here that pride is your biggest downfall. And you've got to repent of that and ask God to help you with that. Come on, how do we deal with it? We stop being so sensitive. At the same time, everything else I've shared with you is true. There's also a major sensitivity that anything that looks like an injustice, people have a freedom and a liberty to wave the banner. Wave the banner. Oh, here it is here. Oh, there it is there. And I'm just saying, listen, let God sustain you even through some of the hardships and difficulties that you that you that you deal with because of people. Do you know I've had people come into this church and because I didn't have a white t-shirt on or I'm sorry, a white uh, button-up shirt and a tie on, they they left the church. Do you know that I've had people come into this church and because I let a woman address the congreg the congregation, they said, "Listen, pastor, I just I love the church and man, I'd love to be a part of this church, but there's just no way, you know, I can I can be, I'm like, why can't, if you love it so much, why can't you, well, you just let a woman address a man from the pulpit, and don't you know that that's wrong? I'm like, yeah, you probably won't love it here. Um, <laughs> there's so much judgment. There's so much, you know what I mean? There's, how do we do it? We remember how God came to us while we were broken and we were messed up. We refuse to judge. And guess what? When we when we when we uh, when we see, listen to this now, because you're going to be in you're going to be in gatherings where somebody's going to say something that's that's off or maybe it's just little talk. Maybe it's little chatter. It's like, you know, they, they just take things a little bit too far. And I'm just saying that, listen, for us to get better, somebody in the group is just going to have to say, listen, come on, let's not do that or. You may have to pull somebody off to the side and say, listen, what you've just said, it's not helping our unity. It's not helping our togetherness. And this is a big question that I have for you. I want every eyeball up here real quick. If you were the person on the end of saying something derogatory or something that does not support unity and somebody else came up to you and said, hey, listen, that was uncalled for. And I, uh, the reason why I'm talking to you about this is because I love you. Let me ask you a question. How are you really going to deal with that correction? Are you going to leave? Because a lot of people will. A lot of people will leave. They'll just go to a different church. 
But I'm telling you, it is so vitally important for us to do things right than just have a bunch of people that are gathering up here every Sunday and doing it wrong. You understand what I'm saying? Like it is, it is so important that we grow up in, in the Lord and we just don't continue to hang on to, on to you know, old ways and, and tradition. All right. I'm, I got I to, gotta, uh, let's show it. Okay, listen. I want you to be serious just for a quick second. Um, if, however you voted, it doesn't matter how you voted. You're on the right, you're on the left. If your guy, if your guy walked in here, if you're a Trump guy, if he walked in here, would you treat him differently than you treat everybody else? You don't have to answer. I already know the answer. The truth is, is you would treat him differently. If your guy, Mr. Biden, if you voted for him and, and he represents all that is important you know, to you, if he was to walk in here, he's your guy, right? He's the one that, that you just, man, you just align with. If he was to walk in here, would you treat him any differently? You, you don't have to answer because I already know that the truth is you would treat him differently. If you're a sports guy and uh, your team's quarterback came in here, he makes millions of dollars, makes millions of dollars every year, would you treat him any differently than you treat the poorest of poor people that come to this church? The truth of the matter is absolutely you would treat him differently. And these are areas that we need to we need to be honest with and we need to take before the Lord and just begin to pray that the Lord, come on, would help us in these areas. Um, uh, because this is what I can tell you. Everybody pay, pay attention just real quick. So say Mr. Trump sitting here, Mr. Biden sitting there. But then say the physical presence of Jesus himself walks into this room. I can promise you in a second you are going to not care about Mr. Trump and you're not going to care um, an ounce about Mr. Biden because once again, the perspective is, is, wow, this is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and he is the great I am. Amen. And so if we know that, then let's just really work. It's going to take work. It's going to take a lot of work. You're going to get it wrong. You're, you're going to find yourself in a place where I have found myself, wow, I just really missed the mark on that. But if you will work at it and every day look towards making 2021 significantly different than 2020, and the power of God at work in your life, the power of God's word at work in your life, the Holy Spirit at work in your life, I'm telling you, you will be changed into his image and his likeness. I love you. Sorry about taking 21 minutes and 28 seconds more than what I was allotted. I don't want to hear it in staff meeting. God bless you. That's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch. We'd also love for you to join us. You can even check us out on Facebook Live by searching Facebook for Grace Church Rupert ID. Learn more and plug in at graceid.org. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Grace Community Church.